0: Where is home? Most of us are born with the answer. Others have to sift through the pieces.
1: I took a walk
2: through this beautiful world
1: Felt the cool rain on my shoulder
2: Lisa Papa, ayeru program
0: Admit it, you hear the name Ethiopia and you think starving children with distended bellies. You think dust and famine and despair so awful, you frankly don't want to even think about it anymore. But take a look, Addis Ababa, capital city of Ethiopia, a cool high altitude urban center that will both confirm and confound expectations. Fueled largely by direct foreign investment and a returning Ethiopian diaspora eager to be part of the new growth, things are changing in Addis. It's one of the fastest growing economies in the world. It's not the first time the place has gone through a growth spurt. In the 1950s, Emperor Haile Selassie, known as the King of Kings, embarked on a similar program of massive public works. This was supposed to be the legacy of Ethiopia, the future. But the next time Ethiopia found itself in the headlines, it was for this. And for many of us, that was the end of the story. So I'm looking forward to this week.
3: I can't wait to show you
0: ethiopia i've been waiting for you i mean i'll I'll tell you right
3: now we couldn't have picked a better time because we have old ethiopia right here and we also have new ethiopia right here and that's like that combo is going to be so cool
0: marcus samuelson maybe you know him from such shows as a lot of them or his many restaurants his best-selling memoir his status as america's most recognizable black chef but Marcus isn't African American. He's Swedish American or Ethiopian Swedish American, or look, it's complicated. What is true to say is that Marcus Samuelson, like his wife Maya, was born here in Ethiopia. So, when was the last time you were, uh, you were in Ethiopia?
3: Four years ago, and uh, you can tell he's changed, changed a lot.
0: I'm, I'm interested in seeing an African country that was never uh, colonized. It, 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 it was never taken by Europe.
3: No, that sense of pride, and you, you, you really hit the nail on the head. I mean, that sense of pride is also the sense of that everyone wants to come back.
0: How does it feel coming back? Is it weird at all? You feel like you're coming
3: home? Uh, it is weird, but end of the day, I always love it. I miss it. One foot of me is like just Ethiopian. But then the other food is just so Swedish or American at this point,
0: right? You do not speak the language, here, Arabic, no, no, no. or, or any of the dialects. No. Um, you've since come back, and you've reconnected with family. Yeah. But it must be weird, I mean... It is. To, 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 you need a translator.
3: No, but you, you, I need a translator. My wife is not my translator in life and in culture and so many things. But I think when, uh, when you're a black man, when you're an immigrant, when you're Ethiopian, when you're Sweden, I've been put in so many situations that I put myself into. So I'm actually very comfortable in the, being uncomfortable.
0: In the 1970s, Ethiopia was hit with a tuberculosis epidemic. Marcus, his older sister Fante, and his mom were all stricken with the disease. With no possibility of medical attention in their village Facing the almost inevitable death of both her children Marcus's mom set out on foot With her daughter at her side And two-year-old Marcus on her back Walking 75 miles to the Swedish hospital in Addis Against all odds, they made it Marcus and Fantai recovered Their mother did not Marcus and his sister were adopted by Anne-Marie and Lennart Samuelson, and raised from that point on in Sweden. Ethiopia, its language, its food, its cultures was largely a mystery. Marcus traveled and trained, apprenticing in some of the great kitchens of Europe. He moved to New York and at the remarkably young age of 23 received three stars from the New York Times at his groundbreaking restaurant, Aquavit. It's been a pretty stellar rise since then. And in 2010, he opened Red Rooster in Harlem. I always find
3: it so paradox that I was born into very little food, but yet, sort of, I have made my whole life about food. My sort of structure and pragmatism comes from being raised in Sweden. And my sort of vibrancy and warmth to cooking and field-based food that I love comes definitely from here.
0: Weirdly enough, the single aspect of Ethiopian culture most Westerners do know a little about is Ethiopian food. So maybe you've had this. Oh, wow. Ah, that, that looks good. That, that, that is exciting. What is it?
1: This is typical. Ethiopian, vegetarian, they make it really nice.
0: At Katenga Restaurant, they do it classic. injera bread. That's Ethiopian 101.
3: I mean, when you think about Ethiopian food, right, the, the foundation is really the injera bread.
0: Well, it's not just food, it's an implement. Yeah. We're having bianetu, a selection of stews, or wats as they're called around here. That's goman, sauteed greens, shiro wat, which is a chickpea stew, and tikol goman, sauteed white cabbage, many, if not most, of the dishes spiced with the magical, mysterious flavoring of the gods, berbere
1: can i
0: can i give you one but nobody nobody did do it they say you. Gursha, so. you have to this this stuffing of food into your fellow diners face is called gersha and it's what you do to show your affection and respect try this at the waffle house sometime and prepare for awkwardness now when you, you were born here
1: i was born here left yeah. What age? Thirteen. I grew up in Holland, and after that, we all went to London, Germany, and I'm in New York now. So
0: I don't want to say it's a rootless existence, but but it's a uh, you know where's home?
3: I think for us now, if Harlem is really home. But when I've been gone for two years. I'm like, I gotta go back because the beat is just so different than what Sweden can offer me and definitely what New York can offer me.
0: The median age in Ethiopia is under 18. That means most people here don't remember Live Aid or any of that. Coupled with a recent economic boom, this might be the first generation in decades to enjoy a future with real hope. Things are indeed happening. In this case, at a vacant bus stop.
3: They're Dogtown, man. They're the next generation of Dogtown in Africa, man.
0: A few years back, a couple of Ethiopians who'd been living abroad returned to Addis with some skateboards. Today, there are a couple hundred skaters in Ethiopia and more on the sidelines waiting for their chance, waiting for a board waiting for a pair of sneakers. It's funny, though, because, like, skater boy culture came from white Southern California, suburban. You can pretty much track all of skater culture back to, like, one parking lot. Yeah. So what's coming out of this parking lot? There are no skateboard shops in Ethiopia. None. They have to come, all of them, from abroad. Woo! Nice. Little kid's good.
3: Little kid is amazing.
0: For those lucky enough to have them, progression seems to be fast.
3: This gives me hope, honestly, that this can be a really cool town. Not just a great town with big buildings, you know, but a cool town, too.
0: For skater boys and television hosts alike, the thing to do in late-night Addis is something called Turbo and Tips. I feel like a college
3: party or something like that. It's
0: perfect. Turbo is a mutant concoction consisting of gin, beer, wine, and Sprite. What, what's the first rule of drinking? What? Don't mix. Ebenezer Temeskin, Adizu Michael and Bouzeo Julien founded Ethiopia Skate, the grassroots skating community that grew up in the parking lots around Addis. Sean Stromso is a founding member who's been documenting the group. All right, man. My first first turbo. Cheers. It's like apple apple juice. juice. You're right.
3: It
0: is like apple juice. Shekla Tibbs are chunks of beef or lamb fried in oil and served in a charcoal-heated clay pot called a shekla.
3: Nice. I like the fat grind. I love that they don't they don't hide the fat.
0: Every Tibbs House has their own version, but here at Messe Grocery, it's served with a spicy dipping sauce called mit mita, and of course, injera bread. Yeah, that's good. That works. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you want Ah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> how did this skating community form i mean do people watch what people other people are doing around the world definitely
4: some of them have they go
3: to the internet cafe and they just see videos that's how i started back in the days no
0: internet for me
3: oh
0: wow i had
3: to i had to do it like the
0: hard way man i will tell you right now if i were ethiopian or if I even lived here, I would open a skate shop.
1: Tomorrow. Uh,
0: Tomorrow. (laughs) So what's the best thing about Ethiopia right now?
3: I think back in the days, people want to get out from this country, just leave. But now they're like, they just want to work. And their mind has changed. And everybody's working together and working for the better. We're doing this for the next generation because the next generation is going to take this.
0: Can we drink all that turbo? I know. We're terrible people. man. God help.
4: This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. Only Sleep Number smart beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support your sleep number setting. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited-edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
0: Ah! So, time to catch a buzz.
1: You guys need to be my bodyguard. No
0: problem. Oh, this place is awesome. (laughs) This is a charming Ethiopian institution called a Tejbet. They serve one thing and only one thing, Tej, an alcoholic beverage made from fermented barley and honey. It's not highly alcoholic, though, right? you got to pretty much hammer back a lot of this stuff to get a buzz. So basically, the people around here who've got a load on it, they've been working on this for a long time.
3: All day. This is a working class. This is where the workers go. It's a cheap bus. It's a cheap bus. (laughs) Cheers. You just knock it back. All right. It's good, man. You feel the
0: funk? Oh, yeah, right? Yeah, it's working, man. Mm.
3: I've never seen a woman in a it bar like this. It's, it's
0: forbidden. This is sort of a guy thing.
1: It's my first time, yeah, guys after work or the farmers. We break major rules here. And you have all like the saints pictured there and you're drinking. And there's a lot of Jesus wow. in the bars.
0: It's the last thing I want to see in a bar mm. the disapproving gaze of a saint. In 1992, Addis emerged from the stifling 17-year grip of a hardline, old-school Maoist regime called the Derg. Since then, the town has been enjoying something of a musical renaissance. But the story of Ethiopian music, all the way back to the beginning, has been about finding ways to skirt authority, to mock it even. To say what you want to say one way or the other. The Asmari are Ethiopia's original freestyle rappers. They've been around for centuries voicing criticism, dissatisfaction, dissent even when others could not. how old
3: is it? My how old is Azmaribet. I would say, what,
1: 2,000 years? Yeah, it's like the first music that we have, right?
0: The trick is, they've always used a system of lyrical double meanings referred to as wax, meaning the apparent meaning, and gold, which is the underlying or real meaning. Poking fun at the audience is fundamental to the form. <laughs>
3: come
2: Come
3: do come come
1: on,
3: When she can move,
1: and I'm like, oh!
0: That's when the speech showed up. <laughs> the Asmari influenced Ethiopian popular music, too. The use of lyrical double meanings carried through into Selassie's time. They called it Swinging Addis, a golden time between 1955 and 1974, before those fun-hating commies came and ruined everything. Post-World War II, Ethiopia was in the delirious thrall of American big band and swing groups like Glenn Miller, and against the backdrop of a traditional and official obsession with military marching bands, You had the means and the will and the environment to make musical magic. And this man, Mahmoud Ahmed, has always been at the forefront. To the West, were there uh, American musicians who spoke to you? Yes, angizeni, ye Elvis Presley nte nitekatl kuth. Isang James Brown, na degu nate King collad. Yes, angizeni, ye Elvis Presley nte nitekatl kuth. Gel hausroke milon tcha zafanu si chaud. Yes, angizeni no ye group shik shik nte nader Na Na. Any music and the elves Combining elements of jazz, swing, R&B and distinctive Ethiopian scales and time signatures and an always killer horn section. Well, Listen for yourself. <laughs> Addis Ababa. It's where you come for what you need. What are we here to buy, by the way? What's the plan? I wanna make
3: Dorawa. Really the king of chicken dishes in Ethiopia. Alright, so we're gonna go ahead down here, get some good butter. You smell the fermentation? The, mm-hmm, the funk? Funk.
0: Quebec. Ethiopian butter in various stages of fermentation, depending on what you like. It is a primary ingredient in much of the cooking.
1: So there's between, one is really fermented and another one is medium, so she says we should use the medium right. like, for chicken stew. And you use all the spices, but this is the most important thing. <laughs>
0: People from Gurage, Maya's tribal area, run the market, so she knows the language and how to negotiate.
1: You that? I could
0: this a I can smell a frightened chicken yeah. a mile off. Here we go. Guess how many do we need?
3: I just think we need three. It's fine.
0: My mama done told me, get something for dinner. In this case, chicken. Fresh, please. See you, wouldn't want to be you. Oh, that's fresh.
3: I love all the sounds. Like it's like chicken there, music there.
1: How did he get the skin off?
3: He just, one move he did
1: it. He just... We used to use like a hot boiled water. Yeah. After killing and he... So dip it, he there. It. That's how I grew up.
0: Morocco has Ras al-Hanout, India, garam masala. Ethiopia has this, the brightly colored berbere. The color is amazing, and those guys who grind this stuff are covered with it. Breathe it all day long. Marcus left Ethiopia at age two, so finding and reconnecting with his family has not been easy. Tracking down a mom who died in similar circumstances on the right dates, following a thread to a dusty village in the Oromo region, where Marcus found the man he has come to accept as his biological father. He also found Tigist, Salem, Zebeni, Ashu, and Daniel, presumably his siblings by another mother. Together, Marcus and his sisters make doroat, a classic chicken stew.
3: talk about all steel and I need it to be, go back to New York, and be the chef that I have to be. I really need it. Welcome to a uh, segai family meal, segai family meal. Okay. So we start with the injera bread, right? Yeah.
0: Besides the doroat, we have cabbage, and we beets, have- and collards, root vegetables finished with the livers and giblets of the chicken.
3: Actually, it looks spicier than it is.
0: Good, very good. Though a continuing bone of contention with his father, Marcus and Maya have sponsored the girls, moving them all to the city and getting them into school. In the countryside, these girls faced the likelihood of forced marriage, even abduction and very little chance of the kind of future they might have now. So how'd that go over with the family when you said, I'm gonna try to help here?
3: I mean, my dad was like, absolutely not. We need them on the farm. Right. It couldn't have been done without Maya that really not only translates, but also understands the culture. Mm -hmm. Because I felt also bad coming in as the quote unquote American saying, okay, everyone should move to the city. It had to be gradually too by two, by two. Right. So when I had to pick which two, I picked the girls because otherwise I should have been out of school by second grade if she would have followed the tradition of the country. Second grade. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. What after that? You stay, you work at home. <laughs> it's been very enriching and loving, you know, for us. And uh, we have a purpose, you know. We know what our goal is. Our goal is to get them through school. You're looking at a chemist in a couple of months. Whatever new Ethiopia you see, they're it. Farmers coming in and going to school and now have options.
0: This is one thing, a city experiencing a renaissance of sorts, an economic boom. Outside of the city, the farther away one gets, one is reminded that in fact Ethiopia remains one of the poorest countries in the world. Marcus and Maya come from two completely different tribes, two completely different regions of Ethiopia with distinct languages and cultures all their own. Maya comes from the Guragi region, a more fertile, green agricultural area than Marcus's. It's about three hours out from the city, and it's beautiful. Maya, it should be noted, left home at a much later age. There's no question of identity. She's African, she's goragi and she retains close ties to her family and to her village.
1: Welcome
0: <laughs> to Thank you. She was here just last year. It's been four years since they've seen Marcus. Maya's mother, Bazunesh, and de facto grandmother, Owl, welcome us.
1: So,
0: When visitors come, everything starts with coffee. Mm. Good. Traditionally, it's served here with a bit of salt, not sugar. Maya's story differs from Marcus's in a lot of ways. It was not disease or famine or poverty that drove her and her brother Petrus to Europe and a new life. It was the brutal reality of politics. So, who was your father?
1: My dad was my hero, and everyone's hero. I mean, everyone, but my brother could explain a little bit more.
2: He was a local chief and uh, also a member of the uh, supreme or the highest court, you can say uh, during the Haile Selassie period he was engaged in more innovative and, uh, and experimental uh, mechanized farm with, uh, during the communist uh, yes period. you know uh, something unexpected happened. In 1974,
0: Emperor Haile Selassie was deposed. And the very unpleasant General Mengistu and a hard-line communist regime called the Derg took over the country. As in Mao's China, all agricultural property was taken over by the state and broken up into small parcels.
2: Everything what my father had, the land, the property, is confiscated. And uh, those who had authority, they uh, had the chance uh, to work together, uh, to cooperate or uh, they were enemies. Right. Anyone deemed an enemy of the state, and this
0: could be a very dangerously loose definition, but usually and typically included the educated, the well-off, and anyone associated with the former government, were hunted down, shunned, jailed, harassed, and often, straight out, killed. Maya's dad was all those things, an educated landowner, and part of the Rural Tribal Administration from the Salasi time. Most people who had the means left the country.
2: I know this guy who uh, is appointed you know, as governor of the region, killed 60 people in the region here in uh, three years time. You
1: know, nobody knows when he's coming. Right. So he, could, he just knocks our door and my mom, she gets every time he comes, he give her um, bullets. Sure, he, he, he tells her, this bullet next time is yours if you don't bring your husband. So my dad always came to visit mm-hmm. us in nighttime, so he never been really home
2: around during the daytime.
0: So for most of that time, your father had to live in hiding. Yeah.
2: yeah. And um, we, we all survived by the grace of God, and we are blessed for this.
0: Morning in Maya's village. Marcus is a runner. Every day, wherever he is, he runs a few miles. Me? Not so much. But what with my cardio shockingly improved of late, I figured I'd give it a try. And Marcus's return, not to mention the invasion of a big foreign television crew, is reason or maybe excuse for a big party, and preparations have already begun. Maya slips seamlessly from her other life as a high fashion model back into her more traditional role in village life, working along with an army of other women to prepare what looks like a massive feast. How do they, uh, how do the ladies feel about you cooking? Uh,
3: this is, you this see,
0: is causing a uh, serious problem. No, you
3: people. already crossed it, because you're the first foreigner ever in
0: that kitchen. <laughs> a lamb, of course, must be slaughtered. Actually, in this case, two lambs, because here, as in much of Ethiopia, Muslims and Christians live side by side. One lamb gets the halal treatment, one for the Christians. It's a peculiar history of peaceful coexistence here, of which Ethiopians are quite proud. The Christians came here during the time of the Apostles, from the very beginnings of Christianity as a religion. And the belief is that Muhammad, after being persecuted and driven from Mecca by the Quraysh, fled to Ethiopia where he found refuge. Dog is happy. Oh, yeah. Nice and
3: blood in his face.
0: Oh, yeah, that's awesome. The production continues. Women in the kitchen, except for Marcus, who looks most comfortable there, though his presence is a befuddlement to the others. Men taking care of the meat. Oh, bro food traditions, you're everywhere.
3: You know, none of the people that cook today, right, consider themselves cooks.
0: But all of them, like... Well, like in rural communities, when you kill a big, a couple of animals, right? Everybody in the village has sort of a chosen specialty. Like Joe Bob over there, he does the the crackling. Somebody else over there does the boudin. Somebody else over there is like good at the scraping the fur off. Somebody else. But, but everybody's got a function. You know, it uh, goes right back to the first fire. I mean, I'll bring the I'll bring the dip. You know. Normally
1: you hold it like this, and then you have you put everything you want okay, in here. Cool. Got it. you could take some and then
0: we're gonna take it around perfect Goman and Ayib are greens like collards with a big hit of berbere and Ayib cheese mm. I like the cheese it's like a ricotta <laughs> lamb kitfu prepared gurage style laboriously diced amazing
1: uh, this is all like inner
0: yeah I got some of that that's, that's good That's that's delicious yeah this I love without reservation barbecue now we're talking Bam! What a meal. Pretty impressive. Then whiskey and music and the party really starts going. Thank you for coming to Ethiopia.
3: geçerdi 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 geçerdi
0: In 2004, at the prompting of his sister, Marcus began an exhaustive search for his lost family. Who was he, after all? Where exactly did he come from? Who in his family had survived, was left? Where were they? He was told that his father was still alive, living here, in the village of Abrugundana, southeast of Addis. For adoptees looking to return, to reconnect, the journey is complicated. For Marcus, each trip has always raised more questions than it's answered. This trip is no different.
3: Every time that last five minutes drive, right, it just, it just makes me nervous, makes me really, really excited and nervous at the same time, right? But it's, it's just, take the American hat out, off and take the Swedish hat off, it's just a different grid.
0: It's in 110th Street.
3: It is not. I come from a dusty place.
0: Do <laughs> <You're> not kid.
3: <kidding. laughs>
1: Other oh, changes? It It makes it big.
3: Yes.
0: I leave Marcus alone with his father this is between them.
2: Maruco? Yes.
3: Abra-gurana. I like it. Yep. I like I like it. I like
1: I like He wanted to see your photo. He wanted to see how you guys look alike. like I wasn't ready for this. very don't Proof, proof. Good idea. He has a better footage than
3: He do. He does. Uh, no, no, no. I wasn't ready for this. <laughs>
0: So, how does it feel to be back? Seem, i got to tell you, I've got to be honest, Seem seems conflicted.
3: Yeah, there's a thousand thoughts going through my head. I always feel a little guilty
0: that I got out. If you'd stayed, what do you think you'd be doing right now?
3: I would have been a farmer or dealt with some type of
0: cattle. I'm pretty sure you would have been a shit farmer, Remarque. I would have. <laughs> I, I just, I can't see it. Okay. You'd be the best dressed goddamn farmer. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. Where's yeah. home for you, man? Where, where do you think <sighs> I know looking back on it all? Yeah.
3: That's that's an internal question for me. You know, I I feel at home in New York. I feel very much at home when I'm in Africa, but I also feel out of place. And coming to this very place, Abragurana, it gives me a lot of humility, but I can't say it's home. I can't say it's home.
0: happiest moment in africa
3: happiest moment is i think when we had Maize village for me the whole village comes together music food culture brings everybody together that eating together being together it's by far the happiest for me